0: Engaging Leader Episode 67, Three Drivers of the New Connected Economy Demanding the Shift to Influence 3.0. inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Today we're going to be talking about three drivers of the connected economy that are demanding the shift to influence 3.0. But first of all, I want to thank uh, everybody who has been engaging with us on some of our recent topics that we've been uh, addressing. First of all, on LinkedIn, we had several comments about episode 61 featuring David Burkus and his new book, Myths of Creativity. Thank you, Tom, Jeremy, and Brian for chiming in on that, also uh, sharing the the uh, David's two- or three-minute-long interview on CBS about the book. We put that in the show notes, a link to that, uh, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash 6-1, six, six as in episode 61. I think it's a great interview that gives you a few nice nuggets out of that book. Also, thank you to Christopher Battles, who commented on Twitter about episode 59 and shared that with his followers. That was our episode about the rebellious leadership of Rosa Parks. Christopher says, I was telling a friend about it later and how Rosa had led an upright life to set a worthwhile example or a worthy example, I should say. Christopher continues, character counts. Thank you also to uh, those recent people who have liked our page on Facebook, Natalia, Mahmoud, Carrie, and Anthony. Thanks to everybody who has been liking or I should say providing positive reviews for this podcast on iTunes that is the number one way that more people discover our show and when you provide a positive review if you write even just a sentence or two on there it helps people more people find out about us it keeps us up near the top when folks are searching out new podcasts about leadership and people are always looking for new things to listen to so we would greatly appreciate hearing from you Uh, on that note thank you to Dave Heckathorn who wrote a review on iTunes that says and it's longer than a couple uh, sentence or two but he said I spent countless hours trying out different podcasts trying to find one that was equally inspirational, helpful and fun to listen to. But I love mo- what I love most about Jesse's Engaging Leader podcast is that the advice he gives transcends any single level of experience. I've been able to implement several of his tips as a young professional trying to figure out things for the first time. And I, I appreciate Dave pointing that out because that has been a goal of ours. We do have listeners from a lot of walks of life, uh, whether they are executives at large companies, which uh, a lot of our business here at Aspen Hill Communication, that, that tends to be the world that we work in. So we definitely have um, a lot of examples to share in that world. But I am a strong believer that when you are a a better leader, a better influencer, a better engager, a better communicator, that that is going to make you better in every area of life. In fact, that's why my ebook that I wrote, I called Eight Communication Tools for Leader, Become a Better Leader in Every Area of Life. I think these principles that we talk about in this show cross over whether you're in the corporate world, whether you're an entrepreneur, or whether you have a mid-sized business, or uh, you're a solopreneur that is organizing te- fellow, teams of fellow solopreneurs, it's also very important in the world of parenting. So much of the principles that we talk about in this show are things that my wife and I end up talking about later, or they're things that we've been practicing in our own parenthood, but we are uh, often impressed by how things that make a difference in the working world also make a difference when you're raising kids. And the last thing that I'll share, because I think it leads right into our conversation today, is that is Jeff, who commented on the post that I wrote on engagingleader.com. It was The post was called Engagership, Stop Leading, Start Engaging. And Jeff Mengen uh, wrote, We must encourage people to keep on leading and be more engaging as the leader. Leadership does not end when you engage people. Leadership expands. And I love that phrase, leadership expands. So it's it, it's uh I'm not when I talk about influence 3.0, and I'm contrasting that with influence 1.0, which is management, and influence 2.0, which is leadership, and I'm saying we need to get beyond that, we need to go to influence 3.0, which I call engagership. I'm not trying to say that you totally stop leading, that, uh, that that's old school, or that we don't have, we don't need effective leaders and uh, effective managers. But I like this phrase leadership expands. We're talking about growing beyond that because that is what the 21st century demands. Because traditional leadership, that charismatic, visionary, decisive leader is no longer the executive that's producing the top quartile business results. Instead, it's the engager that is making the bigger difference. And so I want to take issue with, I, I agree with part of what Jeff's saying. On the other hand, when he says leadership does not end when you engage people, that's exactly why I am didn't want to just use the word engage uh, or engagement, because I think it leads people to think of something different than what I have in mind. Engagership is not just employee engagement, although employee engagement would be something that is, uh, happens when you practice engagership. And engagership is not just engaging people's attention or getting them initially involved. It is an ongoing process of influencing people as well as allowing them to influence you. So we're going to take a a little bit of a deeper dive into that today and we're specifically going to look at three drivers of this new economy or connected economy, whatever you want to call that, that is this new normal, this new reality that we live in uh, and what, what, what has changed and why has that affected the way we influence people. So first of all just a quick review, you know since the 1980s there's been constant discussion about the difference between a manager and a leader. It's it definitely had kicked off at least by 1989. That's when Stephen Covey wrote 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. He talked about the difference between management and leadership and Warren Bennis talked about the same issues in his book from 1989 on becoming a leader. The distinction between those two, if I could summarize this, is is that a manager works through people to get things done. A leader sets direction and inspires people to get the right things done. So a manager is about being effective and efficient. A leader is, has been about being charismatic and visionary and excellent at making decisions. And I think we would all agree that an organization does need both, that good management is critical to quality and customer service and profitability, and good leadership is key to effective strategy and decisions and alignment. Those, those skills of leadership, I think, are still things that we need to learn and teach. But in this new economy, where so much happens in cross-functional temporary teams we find that management and leadership are essential skills for the role of everybody, especially every knowledge worker. And I see a lot of companies that try to reinforce that necessity that people be, have those skills of management and have those proactive uh, posture and skills of leadership. They reinforce that by calling all their employees leaders. And so they don't want to send out an email, for example, and say hey this is this message we need leaders to do this and other employees or other associates to do that. They they really want to try to call everybody leaders. And I I respect the the heart behind that, but it becomes kind of awkward. And so when they actually do need to communicate directly to or refer to people who let's call them supervisors or anybody who actually has employees reporting to them, those type of companies tend to use the Redundant term, people leaders. So they don't they say everybody's a leader, but this message is especially is target is something we we just want people leaders to hear. Well, obviously, people if you're a leader, you're a people leader. So that's to me, it's awkward and redundant. But it I think that's just a sign that management and leadership have become table stakes. What sets apart the extraordinary today, or maybe not even extraordinary, just superior if you want to be anything but average and mediocre you need to step up a, a beyond management or influence 1.0 beyond leadership influence 2.0 to influence 3.0 which I call engagership and that is stimulating unleashing and focusing on the collected focusing the collective talent and passion of the team it's not empowering your team it's plugging into the power that they already have. It's beyond managing and leading. It's cultivating the team to serve a shared purpose that the team together defines and shapes. Now, there's three realities of the new normal that have been driving this. First of all is speed, the new speed in the connected economy. Ideas are changing everything so quickly. This is the era of social media, crowdsourcing, and viral videos. You have startups like Google and Facebook that come out of nowhere. I mean, we, we, we didn't even, hadn't even heard of those companies back in, let's say, 1993, but now they are huge. They've taken over. And you have the flip side, you have huge companies like Lehman Brothers that have disappeared overnight. No sooner is a decision made or a goal defined or a destination targeted, a map drawn, the circumstances change. And then a new map has to be drawn. There's an old saying by one of history's most famous military strategists, and it's a German name, I can't even pronounce it, but (laughs) the saying is, no plan survives contact with the enemy. No plan survives contact with the enemy. So what am I saying here? Well, Let's, let's compare that with a quote by a guy's name who I can say, Dwight Eisenhower, U.S. president and uh, the commanding general in the World War II of the Allied forces. He said, I've always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. So, he's saying that plans are useless because of the prior quote, no plan survives contact with the enemy, but the planning itself is ind- indispensable. And the engager does need to participate or needs to place a high priority on planning, especially long term. But you need to do that in combination with your team, facilitating your team and helping your team do that planning because things will change so fast as soon as your plan makes contact with the enemy, then things are going to start changing and you need your team to be able to adjust and adapt immediately. The skills, the process of planning is essential and so that they are, they've got a map, they know which direction that they're going and they have a focused effort, but then they might need to, when they get to a certain destination, it might be time to move on to a different one. But if they didn't have that map in the first place, they would just be scattered all over. So, Planning is still important for many reasons, such as focusing energy and improving processes. But today's environment requires responsive, agile planning and very agile and fast implementation. And top-down planning and cascading is just too slow and too narrow. So it's too limiting, really, to relegate so much responsibility to just a person or even to a committee. You really need to be engaging your whole team and as deep into the organization as you can and then teaching the other leaders in the organization to themselves be engagers. I love this quote from uh, Tao Te Ching. Learn from the people, plan with the people, begin with what they have, build on what they know. And that will continue. I'm going to read the rest of that quote in just a minute, but... But for now, just learn from the people, plan with the people, begin with what they have, build on what they know. So this is about the new speed. That's the first driver that's making it absolutely essential to upgrade from Influence 2.0 to Influence 3.0. The second driver is new motivation. Now, we've talked about on this show before, the best-selling book Drive by Daniel Pink. He builds a very convincing case that today's workforce is motivated by three things, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Now, let me set mastery aside for the, focus, for the purpose of this conversation and just focus on autonomy and purpose. Autonomy is a fancy term for a concept that I think is near and dear to at least Americans, but probably many other people around the world. That concept is freedom. Freedom. And freedom in our work means having a significant degree of choice in what we do, how we do it, where we do it, and when we do it. And I would suggest to you that that does not sound like someone who wants to be managed or led. That if you, des- if you desire autonomy, and the book Drive makes a very solid case that, that the knowledge worker of today, that is one of their key motivators, is autonomy if that's one of your motivators, you want to be engaged. You don't want to be managed and you don't want to be led. And then purpose means contributing to something that makes a difference in people's lives. People don't stay engaged for very long for the sake of a paycheck or a product. Winning companies engage their people in exploring the higher good that their team can accomplish. And that's something that that's a purpose that you co-create. You figure that out together. Why are we doing what we're doing and what what can we do with our collective energy and talents and passions? Now, it's one thing to co- to come up with that purpose together, but a key role of an engager is constantly reminding people of that, stimulating them to shape that over time and keeping them focused, laser focused on achieving that. So, it's that is those are roles of engagers and there's certain skills that are going to make that happen we'll be talking about that in a future episode but that's about the second driver new motivation especially autonomy and purpose and then finally new communication if you haven't noticed communication has changed a bit since 1989 and it, in fact it's changing even as i'm recording this today that our ways of getting ideas out there, our ways of influencing people are constantly changing. And there's the obvious technological changes from letters and faxes back in 1989 to email and web in the in the mid-90s to forum and blogs in the early part of the 21st century and then starting just a few years ago Facebook and Twitter and Vine and Pinterest and to whatever ever is actually trending As this, when I'm recording this today, it's probably some new technology that so far I haven't even noticed. But these technology changes are physical evidence of the powerful and often paradoxical new communication principles of today's influencers. So there's the technology that's easy to see, but behind that technology, what do you see? You see authenticity and transparency, very key, that's most obvious in places like Twitter, um, where you just can't afford to not be transparent, but also authenticity, that in, in blogging and in YouTube videos, you just see people being themselves, and that is in the face of what today is really an age of skepticism, so it takes great vulnerability to be authentic and transparent when we've really all been conditioned to be skeptical. You also see today's influencers following the communication principle of being human and personally accountable in an age where you tend to see faceless mega corporations. It's just so easy for people to relegate the, the huge companies today as faceless entities and wh- who really stands out are the companies that are able to come across in human and personally accountable ways. We also see uh, a communication that is collaborative and generous in a time of non-centralized tribes and free agents and crowdsourcing. So there's these all these trends out there of free agents and and tribes and crowdsourcing and how, how the, the new communication today is figuring out how to be collaborative and gen- generous to give and share and so, and be able to, to build these free agents together, to, to build these virtual project teams or temporary ad hoc project teams. Building that together and being collaborative and generous, that's a paradox. Also, the top influences today are able to focus attention within this age of distraction. Squirrel! We're just all very much attracted by shiny objects or like the squirrels in the movie Up. And that, that, uh, what, what's the latest uh, ping that's coming in on your smartphone? So the the key influencers today are being uh, attention, figuring out how to focus attention in the age of that distraction. Also, it's about being responsive in an area of immediate framing so re- by responsive i mean that when something happens that you recognize that if you don't as the leader or engager take the initiative and put the proper frame around that help people cr- under, provide a, a broader meaning that people can hang that on Help under? Do, do are, my, are they supposed to interpret this as a positive, as a negative? What does this mean? If you don't respond to that issue and create the frame, somebody else is going to create the frame, and not always in a helpful manner. If, and I'm not talking about being a spin doctor. I'm talking about framing issues in a way that is helpful to move things forward, in a in a that's helpful to to everybody in moving things forward. Also. It's about being brief and visual in a time of surfing and skimming. The communication today, you need to attract attention and engage focus. And one of the key ways to do that is to keep things short, easy to focus on, and visual. The influencers of today, you may say, well, that's just being artsy or, oh, that's only just being creative or that's just cute. But the influencers today recognize that visual and brevity are powerful. You can either accept it or reject it, but that's the reality. The new communication today is one that is empathetic and humble and even humorous in a time when trust is king. And trust is something that you earn over time, often over a long period of time, But it's very much encouraged when you are empathetic, when you can understand or use your imagination about what feelings people have. And when you're humble, that's basically respecting other people as much as you respect yourself, not thinking of yourself as more privileged or more special than other people. And being humorous. Humor is always appreciated. And to me... Humor, it comes down to not taking yourself too seriously. You may be passionate about what your mission is or passionate about what purpose you're serving, and, and but at some point you've got to have some levity. You've got to lighten up, and that is something that is so important in engaging other people. People just really connect when you can be humorous and not take yourself too seriously. The new communication is we focused rather than me focused. There are, there are appropriate times to talk about I and me, but that's especially when there is, uh, someone needs to be blamed. If you can accept responsibility for when things go wrong, that's the time to talk about I and me. Um, I and me is also, you can talk about it in terms of what your feelings are. So you own your own feelings, But in terms of what's being accomplished, what the purpose is, what the achievements are, who gets credit, it's really we should talk about we and us. And that's very apparent from the influencers, from the engagers who are making the biggest difference today. Also, the new communication listens and learns rather than directs. You listen and you learn and you ask questions rather than just telling people what to do. It's about inspiring pride in a a long-term purpose that we share, that we've created together, rather than just a short-term personal gain. And it's about stimulating honest dialogue and critical thinking. And this is in an age when there's so much polarized spin and ad hominem hominem attacks and twaddle or, or brain candy, I mean, just putting things out there, cute sayings or whatever. But the top engagers are stimulating honest dialogue and critical thinking. They're being intellectually honest. They're saying, I don't know everything, but I've got this question and let's talk about this. Whereas what you see in the world of politics, it's all very polarized. It's attacking people. It's name calling. It's trying to find the, the right little buzzword or a soundbite that's going to put the other side on defensive. So those are all trends of the new communication and they affect all types of communication. It's, it's easy to just say, Oh, you're talking about something that happens on Twitter or you're talking about something that happens on Facebook. You're talking about something that happens just in big companies, but these affect all types of communication, organizational as well as interpersonal and written oral email Uh, They they impact everything that you do when you're communicating and influencing others. And they also um, impact instructional and practical and even entertaining communication, such as music and movies. We are much more engaged by and drawn toward and get passionate with, for example, a movie that has some of the same communication principles, authenticity and transparency and humor and stimulating honest dialogue as opposed to a movie that is just black and white, cut and dry. This is wrong. This is right. Let me tell you what you need to do. So let me close this. We've talked about three drivers of the new normal of this connected economy that are mandating a shift to influence 3.0 to so that if you don't get beyond just management, beyond just leadership, you're going to be left behind. Let me finish the, this quote from the Tao Te Ching. It says, of the best leaders, when the task is accomplished, the people will remark, we have done it ourselves. Of the best leaders, when the task is accomplished, the people will remark, We have done it ourselves. I suggest that's a team with not a single leader. It's full of the best leaders and it's served by at least one engager. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode, Engagers. In the coming weeks, we're going to continue talking about Influence 3.0. First of all, in episode 68, we're gonna interview Jeremy Cibichek about his book "Is Leadership Dead? How Influence Is Replacing It." And then we're gonna, in episode 69, we're gonna come back and talk about nine telltale signs of influence 3.0. Now, if you have any comments about today's episode, or uh, just your thoughts or questions, feel free to let us know in the comment section of the show notes for today. This is episode 67, so you can find the show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash six and also feel free to let us know your thoughts on Twitter or on Facebook or on LinkedIn. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at Communications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of each opportunity to engage the people we care about.